When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Creators or hot life creators are doing so well. I mean, these people are buying second homes with the content that yeah. they're creating. These tender dick ass uh, motherfuckers who can't fuck because they're too goddamn hot. We pull no punches. But see, what's to stop them from saying, okay, you've got like vivid and then Phantom. vivid plus and or you know, having, a, you know, having it be separate because, okay, cool. Your fan base that wants to see the skinny, smaller girls and the, you know, the, the fitness models and stuff like that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. If they don't outside of the box giving you something to smoke I mean, over uh, you don't just love one of your children you know mm-hmm. you don't just love one of your dogs and i mean it's crazy that people look at at love like they have to have a whole pie instead of looking mm-hmm. at it as there's a whole bunch of pieces on this pie and no one mm-hmm. has more than the other like mm-hmm. for instance i have an we keep real and loud. Yeah, I, I saw I saw that on your on your Yeah. That was like one of the most fun Oh my god, it was a crazy experience. I've never had my fist before. Oh my god. It was the details. It was amazing. When the guys come, do they come on y'all or I get the info all the boys wanna know? Um because like I said, I don't because you don't know if he coming on your face, your tits or what. He don't know where he's coming at. So normally when they come, how do y'all handle that? Uh, well, we have a button, a push button uh, that lights up on our end. Mm-hmm. We call it the come button. Okay. So we know exactly, you know, when you're about to release that load. And we choose to put it wherever we feel like. Ooh. Come smoke this over at the lounge. Bullshit. <sighs> the words of wise man, the world is built around bullshit. We just have to keep some toilet paper to wipe our face from it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Ah, so my week has been hectic, and how has your week been? Uh, just fucking. Trying to get ready for Exotica and all these. Trying to. This is why I, it's taken so long for my shit to be on multiple platforms because these fucking clip sites are fucking bullshit. They're a pain in the ass to sign up. They're a pain in the ass to navigate. Uh, these fuckers take a cut, and that's the first thing they do. They make sure they get their cut from your mm-hmm. hard work. Because here's the deal: I don't give a rat's ass if you're providing me with. The uh, the platform, whatever bullshit, 
um, the, your work ends there. And if you did your work properly and hired the proper programmers and actually did your legal due diligence, then pretty much you're on cruise control. It's every performer, regardless of what they do and what they make out there every day, grinding and trying to clump through your fucking half retarded. Uh, what am I saying? Fully retarded fucking mm-hmm. like site. And then, you know, they got to like pull teeth to get their fucking payments and all this other bullshit. The nanosecond. I'm going to warn any fan I may have listening to this. The nanosecond. <laughs> literally the minute that I, it becomes applicable and, and it is shown to me that I can afford to set up and, and launch my own official.com. Uh, I'm literally going to draw. I don't give a shit if I'm baptizing the second coming baby Jesus's actual baby. I'm going to drop that little soft headed motherfucker right in the water. All right, and you better hope he can. You better hope he can uh, float. I'm gonna drop him, and I'm gonna go straight to like start working on that. Like whatever I'm doing, if I'm saving, if I'm saving a, somebody from a shark attack, you know, then I mean, hope you can hold your breath. You know, I don't know. I'm I'm stopping whatever I'm doing, and I'm getting my own goddamn dot com because this shit makes me want to retire and fucking stop doing porn. I didn't get into porn to sit in front of a fucking computer all day dealing with these fucking bullshit programs and nothing is as simple anymore. It used to be, Oh, you fucked this up. Click here. Go fix it. Now it's like, you got to go over here and then you got to read this tutorial. And then you got to go to this thing. and then go into like three sub menus. Essentially it's become, instead of just making the program solid and then finding and making it easy for the average person, that's who uses it. It's not the dumb fuck who went to MIT before his nuts dropped and then is like an awkward, you know, millionaire, billionaire before uh, they even touch a touch a tit. You know, like that fucking mongoloid that uh, the, the, the one with the Down syndrome that runs Facebook. Like, you know, like fucking, you know, fucking jelly bean uh, running Facebook. You know, that's not the average person. Thank Christ. Uh, the average person is just trying to like achieve whatever they're trying to achieve whether they're trying to download an album buy something or set up a fucking platform so i don't give a fuck how smart you are take your fucking money and go buy a rare bamboo a a, a orangutan egg or whatever it is you fucking weirdos do when you're not getting late or actually having chips you autistic little dipshits uh you know and by the way i don't give a fuck if you're offended by anything i'm saying uh write an algorithm and send it to me, and maybe I'll give a fuck. Uh, but you make it easy for the average person that has shit to do to fucking do it. And if and if you're not, you're making more money than you probably should be allowed to legally. Yeah, right? you probably shouldn't be allowed to have a license and operate a motor vehicle. So you you fucking have customer service. And I know this is a foreign term to millennials and general generation Zs, but you fucking have somebody that's sitting at a desk. That they can somebody could talk to because the bots and the oh message us. You know what? Why don't you message my nuts? Because I guarantee you, if my if 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 me if my fucking track record at like four in the morning, coked up and drunk, uh, is is an indication of anything. At least if you fucking you know message me, I fucking answer. So have actual real customer service with real fucking answers to get to fix the fucking problem that you could have easily prevented by actually designing something. But now you got to prove to me that you're so smart and, you know, and everything in this country is about style and a money grab instead of substance. So, uh, 
everybody, and I do mean everybody that owns and runs these fucking clip sites uh, with your little fucking quizzes and your fucking fucked up software that I don't understand why you would allow that glitch. Even I would would be able to prevent that glitch from happening. Everything else, I fucking hope you all fall this this holiday weekend and break your fucking legs. <laughs> Fuck every last one of you. Fuck, right. fuck your cousins, and you know what? That kid, that, that that little girl that you had a crush on in fifth grade, fuck that fat bitch too. I hope she gets the sugar and they cut her foot off. <laughs> well, well, people, well, well, hello, premium smoke room, and actually helping. Ah, hello, premium smoke room, and hello world, uh, because you probably will hear this on both Spotify. Well, everywhere, of course, as well as on YouTube, because this episode will be the second episode that we're doing free. After that, you will have to subscribe to Premium Smoke Room to catch us. And this is Premium Smoke. This is the podcast, a pro wrestling podcast ran by two porn stars, one being retired, one being agitated and active at this point in time. And possibly retired if this fucking bullshit continues. (laughs) And, um... We're here. We talk about pro wrestling. We talk about a little bit of porn also. But but the main thing about porn rap, I mean, excuse me, rap pro wrestling is that we pick a topic and we do a deep dive. So before we go into the deep dive, I wanted to comment on some of the stuff you were saying. Uh, the problem is that all these fuckers want to be OnlyFans light. To me, I liked clips for sale because it was easy to do. It didn't take much to join. It didn't take much. Even with many vids, it it, it was simple. And if it's hard for the people that is you that's using your site to make money to navigate it, imagine how a fan would feel trying to navigate your shit. Well, here's the best part. For well actually, yeah, for like many vids, like to find a video even as a fan, I found it like fucking ridiculously difficult, unnecessarily so. But here's the thing: it you don't want to be OnlyFans. OnlyFans wasn't meant to be a porn site. OnlyFans was like some fakakta fucking platform that just lucked into porn. Okay, and and they don't. And I'm gonna tell you right now: if you're an OnlyFans, you you better you better hope you have some kind of backup plan, or you saved your money and didn't buy dumb shit because OnlyFans is waiting just like I'm waiting for the moment that I can just have my own site and just pay a staff to run it and I can fire somebody if I find that they're not if they're making things difficult uh, they just from the start never made an effort to make this good they just took the money and ran and the second they can viably cut off every single uh, sex worker and go do something else than uh, they're going to. The only thing that OnlyFans is vaguely smart about is they're not making the same mistake that Tumblr did, where Tumblr went, well, we're not going to put up with this anymore. And then you went to call Tumblr and go, man, what the fuck? And you couldn't because their phone got disconnected because the stupid motherfuckers went out of business. I'll see you on the unemployment line. And by the way, your mother smells like sausage. Okay? And fucking so they're just sitting there because they even though now they're rich and they're gonna spend the rest of their life being rich douchebags and raising fucking like trust fund, you know, fucking rapist and uh, hedge fed uh, hedge fund, you know, thieves, uh, they can't. Sit, they're like, oh no, porn, and they're waiting 
for the moment that they can like, oh no, now we're a band site or now we're whatever. So this is all you need to do. If you're a fucking clip site, this is what you need to do. You have a, a solid fucking platform. You make it easy for the person to sign up. You make it easy for the person to download. Okay. Basic shit goes without saying. No kid porn. If you if you do, if you make or like kid porn, you seriously need to jump in front of a truck now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh we you need to go. Uh no excessive blood or violence. I can understand that. No bestiality porn. Look, hey. For me, I'm not judging. If you're into that kind of thing, if you want to take being the goat that far, knock yourself out. I got, I got no problem with you. I got no problem with you or the horse you rode in on. You do you. You don't have to be sheepish about the shit that you like. Okay, um, you know, get all your ducks in a row. I don't get you know, but hey, you you can always go off and make your own goddamn platform. All right, with a fucking download here. And a fucking paywall there, and a tip button there, uh, but you know you could call it EIEIOs. So <laughs> you know, but that's you need. So you have basic guidelines. Then you have okay, we pay. This is the minimum you got to make in order for a transfer. This is the cut we take. This is the cost mm-hmm. or whatever. And then you go. This this is the whatever. And then the most important part, which none. Of these fucking sites, and actually, many uh, OnlyFans is the main fucking culprit because again, they had no. This is what like again, just they're not smart. Dumb luck. Life favors the stupid. Uh, they they happen upon this, and then it didn't occur to them to hire an actual full on staff or do the legal due diligence. Your job, your most important job, next to having a viable, strong network to sustain all this shit is to have your legal ducks in a row. Like, have the paperwork and all the legal things, your bases covered for yourself. Then you tell everybody, hey, I need your ID. And then I need the ID of the whoever, whoever's in the video actively having sex. And mm. I also need, like, a 2257. Okay, don't go all convoluted. Don't Because that's the problem. But see, I'm gonna, now, now I'm going to tell you something else. Prior to this OnlyFans thing, you didn't even need all that. It what you needed was when I started with um Chris for sale, your ID, you know, of course you sell me direct deposit, but really your ID and you, you verifying you. They didn't ask for everything from all these from the talents that you work with. Because once again, it wasn't point wasn't widespread. So it kind of like what scared motherfuckers to change how they were was when the average motherfucker could get in it. What? And which 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 really and 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 I'm telling you, because even to the point that I remember with Chris for Sale, they had to put out a memo telling people do not harass the people if 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 they don't want to give you the ID, <laughs> they in their rights don't have to. And what they did was call a grand, a grandfather scene, which means that the scene was loaded before that date where they made a change. But not all sites are doing that. Well, here's, here's the thing. If you're going to... It makes sense uh, to say, hey, if you're having a threesome, you need... I, and again, just make it be like, all right, I need 
driver's license, front and back, and I need the two, like, basically, you need a bottle release on 2257. That is easy. You take a picture and you download it. There you go. Okay. Now, here's the pro- Here's the other thing. And again, this goes out to the audience. Uh, if you're making porn, again, I don't give a fuck. It's for a studio or for whatever. It's your job to make sure your ass is... Because at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with sex work. There's nothing wrong with porn. But it is an adult activity, which basically means since in this country, we say you have to be 18 and magically you're an adult. Everybody from 17 under, you ain't, no, no, you ain't welcome. You ain't wanted. And, and you know, we need to fucking take a foot of hose and take you out the woodshed and beat you with it uh, because... You shouldn't be near this shit. So it's a responsibility. You had the thing covered. And also, here's the other thing. This is not a fucking get-rich-quick scheme. This is not a fucking gimmick. I get it. Some chick with fake tits and a fake ass that lives out in California takes you know uh, pictures that photoshops them within an inch of her life, and then she twerks, and a bunch of mopes in middle America buy the photos. That is, that's like Goldberg in wrestling. That is like one in a million <clears throat> that is the very, very, very slim exception. That is not the rule. Do not do porn thinking you're going to get a rich quick scheme and then pout and cry like Mia Khalif when, you, when you're yeah. not a millionaire. And don't, uh, and when you do it, realize that once it's out there, it's out there. Exactly. And, you're, and here's the thing. It's not the pornographer's fault. If you come to me looking for a gig or you're doing it, and it's out, and it gets done, and then something in your life changes. Well, guess what? That is life. Okay, going—that's the other thing. You can't just willy-nilly go into this thing and then expect either money or like, oh, I—I I did a—I fucked three guys on camera, or then I shoved a cantaloupe up my ass. <clears throat> I shoved the cantaloupe up my ass, <laughs> but now, but now I found God, even though He doesn't exist, or I found, you know, I found whatever. And and or I'm I'm a different person. Like great, great. You, different you needs to talk to old you and and have them <laughs> explain to you why you're fucking, God, works. <laughs> why you're playing the grocer's wife in this video with a cantaloupe up your ass, okay? Because that is your doing. And this sob story, I'm gonna be real fucking honest because I'm literally a, a, I I I I don't not only do I have no fucks to give, but I went to my neighbor's house this morning and burnt his to the fucking ground. So like they're not even <laughs> any near me uh if you, again it's your choice so like this yeah. idea that you manipulated that people go oh, i was manipulated i was on drugs i was on alcohol I was on... bullshit no. bullshit yeah. you're playing victim because now because now because again people are assholes and they're gonna sit there even though they buy it and watch it and only fans is still is proof that porn is still a viable money-making venture, and the only yeah. fans was just some jerk-off MySpace wannabe, and only and the only reason why OnlyFans is a name, and the only reason why the douchebags, the low-bred white trash douchebags that own OnlyFans are fucking cashing in, it's off the backs of fucking sex workers. Otherwise, these fuckwits would have been middling for the majority of their life. So, porn. The, the, you know, the sites and all these other people need start to need to tie their ship and fucking start running their operation like a machine because, th- you know, this is where your money comes from. Fucking respect it. As for everybody that's in it, it's not a get rich quick scheme. If you if it if money do does come flying in out of the blue, fucking save it. 
All right. And if you're stupid to save it, that is a you problem. That is not the world's problem. Also, if you're going to choose to be in it, you chose to be in it. Take your licks. No pun intended. And if you don't like it, if you don't like the fact that it's out there, I don't know what to fucking tell you, because once it's out there, even if people are willing to take it down, even if you come to me and go, Billy, I don't want the scene of me and you out there anymore. I'll buy it back from you. I'd be like, all right, I paid you. I uh, paid you $800, plus I spent another 200 on the thing. Da, 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 da. I spent $1,500 to shoot this scene. And I make an average of a buck fifty for the last year on this scene. Mm-hmm. So, that, so basically, if you're willing to pay $2,000-some, I'll take it down. But but you have to understand that that scene's been out there for like three years. And no gonna... how many people have downloaded it, placed yeah. it, here, got in it, yeah. And here's the thing. It's it's... You know, and that's the thing. Another thing I'm sick of is these fucking people who can't control their personal life. They have issues and everything else. Or like I said, somebody, some jerk off like Mia Cleave, uh, goes out there and um, or like that that no talent Billy Eilish. Like seriously, that whole thing that she does with the face and the weird. Like, is that a gimmick or is she really that like retarded? Uh, they sit there and go, well, you know, porn was harmful, like motherfucker. I, I, you know what? Porn should not be exposed to kids at an early age. It shouldn't be. And that's the parent's job. And you know what? I was exposed to porn at an early age. And uh, it definitely does have an effect because there's certain things I'm into that I know for a fact that I saw when I was a kid. Now, here's the thing. I'm into role play. I'm into a certain level of, of absurdity and kind of off-the-cuff situations. And I'm into, like, stockings and garters and, like, lingerie. If you're into hardcore violent shit, if that's what you're drawn to, and it gets more extreme, that that is telling of you. You need to go see a therapist, and it ain't for your porn. Because, and here's the thing: if you like rough, wild shit, there ain't nothing wrong with that. But if you're gonna stand there, and or, or hey, you know what? Some people have an addictive nature, and if you have an addictive nature, guess what? No drugs, no booze, no wild sex for you. And it sucks because all those things are awesome and you look really cool while you're doing them, especially smoking. You look really fucking cool when you're smoking. And if you can't fucking control yourself, guess what? You don't get to have it. That sucks. You, you, You don't get to have it. Not everybody else has to be denied it. So like, you get assholes like Billy Illish or you get like Mia Cleave that cry poverty. Like, oh, I did it for three months and I wasn't a millionaire. You know what? Fuck your mother and Macy's window. Why would you be a millionaire? Oh, I was addicted to like they they hung this woman up and dressed her up like a like in, in, like a pig in a, in a in a velvet pig thing, and then they hit her with pinatas while yelling, you know, "Opa!" over and over and over again. Or like Billy, uh, if you you know, no one told you to watch that video 187 times in two days. No one told you to do any of this shit. Maybe again, go to the fucking therapist. How is it? That shit wouldn't get made if there wasn't an audience fucking for it. Uh, I guarantee you, I know for a fact that a lot of chicks that fuck black guys in porn in their real life aren't into fucking black guys. But it's a, not that they're racist or against them, but it's just not their thing. But they will do it on camera because it, it makes them X amount of more fucking money because that's what the audience is. It's like it's not porn's fault that you're into this hardcore shit. It's your fault. And it's your fucking shitty parents' fault for not fucking watching over you and taking due diligence. I'm a porn star. 
if I ever have a kid, which I'm not gonna, but if I ever have a kid, if I ever adopt, if I ever wind up with custody of my nieces or nephews, you're goddamn, I'm, you know, they still let, you know, that's a kid's job. If the kid wants something badly enough, they're gonna sneak around you and get it. My job is to stay on your ass, and when I catch you, consequences. Fucking, and also talk to your fucking kids. Explain to them that, like, what we do is a fantasy. You don't really do that. The only reason why they do half that stupid shit is because people want to see it because it's a fantasy. You know, it's this fucking thing that porn's the big bad guy to everything. And it it is not. It's not it's not a perfect industry. It's definitely full of shit bags, and that's why you should have IDs for people and do legal due diligence. The scumbags are still gonna leak in, but now you can like stomp them out a little quicker. But this idea that fucking porn is the bad guy all the time, fuck your mom. Literally and figuratively, fuck your mom. And you know, these websites need to fucking start doing the due diligence. And I ain't looking to be your ambassador. I ain't looking to be your fucking buddy. If you want me to represent your brand, that's fine. You could pay me more out of your pocket. One bullshit site I attempted. First of all, they want me to take a fucking quiz. What am I? Goddamn. What am I? Like, like I'm trying to get to law school. I ain't taking your stupid fucking pretentious quiz. What, what kind of stupid bullshit is that? And then they're like, well, you know. If you get this many, you get a water bottle. And if you get this many, you get a sticker. And if you get this many, you get to be an ambassador. I'm like, motherfucker, I'm not looking for a job. I'm not, I don't, I'll go to the dollar store if I need a water bottle and I ain't looking for a fucking job. You want me to represent your brand. And here's the best part. We'll give you an extra 5% of your money. Like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Do I get to wear my red Nikes tomorrow? Will you let me, will you let me wear my own shoes tomorrow? No, don't give me, no. I sh- give me, go, reach into your bank account. Cut me a check to be because technically you want me to run around and take a break from endorsing my brand to endorse yours. You can give me a salary. If you want me to go somewhere and be at the expo, you can play my pay my play uh pay my plane ticket and you can pay for my hotel along with that paycheck, and I will happily do it. And I will preach that thing like it's the second coming of Jesus. And it'll be better than the second coming of Jesus because your brand actually exists. <laughs> so with that with that being said, let's move on to the wrestling portion of the show. <laughs> Which conveniently enough is about a promo. Which you actually did which you actually kindly introduced us to. Oh my god, that is beautiful. So yeah, this week on Pro Wrestling Smoke, we are going to discuss the art of the promo. Um which in which has been something that has been a part of wrestling that has always been used by wrestling, needed by professional wrestlers to make money, draw money, bring people in. And first off, Billy, what makes a great promo? Um, it's basically, you know, inspiring the people, like, you know, kind of speaking with conviction and getting that point across. And it's, you know, like Dusty Rhodes kind of going out there and cracking jokes in the middle of the promo, but he's like being fired up and serious about it. Talking about, you know, uh, I have a, my belly's big, my ass is big, but I'm bad and I'm coming for you. And this, that, and the other thing, uh, it's, you know, maintaining, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, your character, you know, and just letting the rest, like just, being you like if you're a down home country boy it did you know it did it's it's not 
it doesn't normally pay off to be like this rich, pretentious, like Ric Flair type, you know, you, you know, um, go out there and be country and, you know, and relate to the people. And that's the thing. It's about inspiring and firing up the people. A good promo can fill an arena. Uh, you know, a bad promo can make people change the channel, you know, and it can also, it can also make a break a wrestler. I mean, you know, charisma and skill in the ring and everything is one thing, but, a large part of the gravitas and the aura of like a Ric Flair, uh, a Dusty Rhodes, a, a Jimmy Valiant, um, Stone Cold, The Rock came from that promo. And a good promo, uh, you know, it's a difference between, oh, we have to go and have a 25-minute knockout, dragout main event. A really good promo, you could go out there and have a 10 to 8-minute match you know, and work in psychology and the people are going to be just throwing babies in the air and, 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 and tearing the seats off the ground. Um, you know, so uh, it's an because... all-star form. Like, like Christian right now is giving a master class in what he likes to give a heel promo. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a guy who literally is the ab- opposite of Captain Charisma off, off camera. He's a sweet, chill no one's ever had a problem with him. He basically wants to hang out with his wife and his cats. The guy's such a nice, average guy that they had to kind of, you know, he was supposed to have like a love affair storyline with Tristratus at one point in his career. And <clears throat> it he didn't feel comfortable doing it. So they kind of trashed the thing. But then mm-hmm. he could go out there and cut a promo on Jungle Boy and, and literally – have the like this crowd of smart marks just genuinely booing him um and that's that's the beauty of it you know everyone knows this guy's a super nice guy and he would never cheat on his wife and you know he's he's got a daughter and he's probably a great dad and then he'll go out there and he's i'm gonna tell you who i think low-key had great promos nick bockwinkle um because his promos was more of he was an intellectual prick. Yeah, he was a snob. He was a complete snob. Like, he'll use big words and everything. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel Bryan, you know, Daniel Bryan is probably the most beloved wrestler in the world. I mean, think about it. You know, with the injury, I was really pissed that he came back for a while because it's like, dude, you can seriously, you're going to, you can really hurt yourself or kill yourself and it ain't gonna affect me but you got the wife and the kid and the dog and this amazing life and money in the bank like is it worth all that i mean obviously i guess maybe the wwe doctors weren't as on point as they were people were led to believe but this is a guy who is beloved by everybody and the only person i I think they ever said anything bad about him was vince russo and vince russo don't fuck him out and this guy goes out there and does a promo and gets people to boo him. And that's the art of the promo. It's like, you know, beloved and people still want to see it, but, you know, they can hold, they can hold that entire arena and everybody at home in the palm of his hand. And he only he could do a promo like that. You know? Well, see, it's also the promo is, well, when I think about, like, the cats, well, like, when I think back, like, for example, when I saw... The match where uh, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers 
it won the won the title. And oh, he Pat said, O'Connor in uh, Kaminsky Park, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. When, when, when he said, you know, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. <laughs> yeah, to a nicer guy, it couldn't have happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, and then I listen to his promos. Now I listen to, um, Boba Brazil's promos. You know, um. Because even with Bo Brazil, a lot of he had I know he had to do the footwork promo wise when it came to him and the Sheik when they had matches. Because the Sheik don't talk. So it was kind of like, do you think when their matches, if Bobo didn't have fire promo, would it draw as much if he wasn't a great promo? I don't see that's an interesting question because I mean, million dollar look, and then you had to look at the Sheik, and then, and then the chemistry they had in the ring. But it was also the beginning of the era of TV, TV. and yeah. that's when the promo really became a thing. And also, like that's when managers, I believe, like Wild Red Barry became a manager. You had uh, the Grand Wizard, who was the Sheik's uh, original um, manager, Doctor Ken Ramey, uh, so and. Uh, I think, yeah, with the advent of television is when the promo really, you know, became a huge thing. And again, it was everything, the the man of the people promo, that the you know, yeah. the the Dusty Rhodes, the uh Bobo Brazil, the 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 crusher and the bruiser in yeah. uh Milwaukee, Minneapolis, uh you know, uh Because because even to the point that when I think about like the three-way title change that happened in like what uh within like a five year, maybe six year span when you had Dory Funk Jr. dropped it to um Harley, Harley Race, then Harley dropped it to, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, you dropped it, the jack. It, 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 it was like to me, Harley was the promo guy. Because honestly, uh Briscoe, he wasn't a great promo to me. He was never a great promo, and neither was um, Dory, Dory, you know now Terry was, but oh, Terry, just, Terry was because that was Terry. Terry, <laughs> Terry is the is the master of the batshit crazy promo. I mean, you know, one of his most famous promos was uh, in Florida, where he went into a shower and started rubbing Florida dirt all over himself, and then started pouring oil. Over, I'll put it on Twitter. <laughs> pouring oil all over his head, talking about Florida crackers. I'm gonna be a real Florida. Cra- I'm gonna be a real Florida crackers. And y'all just rub this dirt in your eye. Your mother's a whore. You know that egg sucking dog, Dustin Rhodes. You know, and and he would just go out to, and like in ECW, he he did a similar version. Yeah, and I have to see. I have to dig for it, but he's literally talking about how people from Florida. I think it was Florida or some state. Yeah. You know, like these Asian, these Asian immigrants came here, and you taught them rape, and you taught them yeah. murder, and he and he was just going on and on and on, and he just like no one. Well, no one could do Terry Fong. Terry Fong was literally, I think, <laughs> one of the just uh, original. Like he just yeah. people imitated him, and I don't remember him really mentioning who he imitated um uh you know the famous uh hard times promo you know that actually made my girlfriend uh at one time a wrestling fan because she didn't believe 
she was like really surprised how poignant the uh the the the, the thing was and it kind of hooked her so that's the thing even like a non-wrestling fan who has this judgmental view of pro wrestling she saw that hard times video and about the auto workers and and people retiring and being replaced by a computer and the passion and the way he delivered it it made it got her intrigued made her watch she became a wrestling fan yeah because see the promo it part of even being a champion you had to be able to give a promo you know well I even when I think about the NWA because at some point like for example Tommy Rich gave great promo um David Von Erich actually and Kevin Carey was a terrible promo I'm sorry I don't care what nobody say God bless the dead but Kevin and David was good promos because uh, I remember David enjoyed championship wrestling and he's talking or what have you and um when he was on the mic also and even when um they did the storyline where he defeated gorgeous uh that was his damn name. Jimmy, it made him and Sunshine had to work on the phone. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, period. And, but, but it also, it, one of the guys that I felt wasn't the greatest wrestlers, but his promo would kept him in the game, had to be Michael P.S. Hayes. I'm sorry. Well, that was because, good. yeah, and he, he even admitted, like, you know, he talked about, like, he had to have, like, I think an hour Broadway one time with Ric Flair, and he's like, and and he actually, I heard him say, like, what's with this wrestling bullshit? I kick a punch. Um, you know, he was the promo uh, Thunderbolt Patterson, notorious, yeah. a notorious pain in the ass to everybody he worked with, and apparently not even that good in the ring at all. But that promo, you know, because he had it up to here, you know. Uh, <laughs> and of course, one of my one of my favorite promos of all time, and I can't believe you didn't even bring me up, Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh, right. you big dumb son of a bitch. How do you forget the big cat? Oh, we were going to get I the walk, big cat. I come to the ground, I walk on, and I'd rather fight a man than make love to a woman. I swear to God, and I'll be telling you something right now, the women love making love to the big cat. You want to know why? Because I float like a butterfly and I sting with that D. And she'd be going down, she'd be going down in three because I'm the big cat early lad, and I can't believe you sit here all seven foot of my gloriousness and ignore me. Kavanaugh, you big dumb son of a bitch. You dumbed. You dumbed yourself out of this, out of this pocket. I swear. I swear. I gotta come down. Uh, I gotta come down there. But, but now, nah, yeah. I'm gonna tell you something, because it was something I was watching the other day. I was thinking about it. Now, when we talk about managers, everyone talk about Bobby Heenan. Of course, they're gonna talk about Jim Cornette. But, and people slept on Oliver Humperdinck. They slept on him. Well, because I think his best work was done in the Florida, like, you know, Alabama kind of territory. Like, I think once he got to, like, the WWE and then, like, some later WCW, I think he's just kind of – he became like a like a Southern Fried version of Lou Albano. Like, young Humperdinck yeah. when he was with Kevin Sullivan and, like, you know, in the heyday of Florida. That's, like, that's where his best work was. You know, and, and again, unless you had – like we didn't have the resources that we have now to go back and watch. Yeah, uh, yeah he's not appreciated because even when I watched him on the WWE Network in the Mid Atlantic, and and he was you know uh, manager for he was managing actually uh, Paul Jones, who also used to have a great promo. 
Paul Jones had a damn good promo. I ain't even going for it. <laughs> I think about it. But Alba Deep, man, he was giving it to him in his promos. And it's kind of like, I'm like, damn, people forgot about that dude. You know, period. Because, of course, Lou Albana, he gave great promos. I remember his promos. You know, um, because it was like managers, to me, always gave the best promos. Because they had to not only talk themselves into into the building, they also had to talk their the rest that they were representing. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, no, I agree. It's uh, like that was the thing too. When you were a manager, I mean, uh, it was very rare. Like I think Elizabeth really was the only one that never had a promo, and she was like a manager. Uh, since yeah. Angel Sherry. That's the other thing, and and um, she she had good promos. Well, she had a great everything, and that's the thing. Like uh, the four pillars of that late eighties, uh, early two thousand era was um, Sherry Medusa, which apparently somebody's writing a book on Medusa that's supposed to be coming yeah. out, I think, next year. Uh, Miss Jackie, Miss Texas. And uh, Luna Fashan, you had four women that honestly carried wrestling as much as they could at that mm-hmm. time on their backs in the American scene, but also could could go like if they all came back in there, even even just a hair past their prime, could still go in the ring mm-hmm. and smoke a lot of these current female wrestlers. But they maintained relevance by being toughest of boys if not tougher and being wrestlers mm-hmm. then it would be valet and they would go out there and be eye candy then they would be dastardly managers and you know and cut promos and you know so they were able to stay relevant and be in the business um despite the fact that there was at times just no opportunity to wrestle mm-hmm. and they found ways and one of those ways was you know just being able to cut that promo you know with um with Sherry being the best out of all of them, but these ladies, you know, like they don't get enough credit for the fact that like they could, they could be in women's wrestling today if they want to. They were sexy as fuck. I'm sorry. I always hate to bring up sexuality when we're talking about wrestling. Fuck that we made. I had, I had a crush. I had a crush on Sherry. Like you would not believe. And uh, even back in the day and uh, you know, I, I always had a special thing for Miss Jackie as well. But um, these, you know, they again the the promo, and and they were just, you know, they could do it all, and uh, like I said, a promo can ex- extend a career. It could it could save a career, or again, if you're somebody who's just not a good wrestler, you know, it can give you as long as your work is moderate, you can get by. Um, Jerry Lawler always had a great promo. And uh, trying to think of uh, another great. Oh, Ricky Morton. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. You know, and again, some his best work was done in Memphis. Yes, actually, to be honest with you. So, um, in this day and age, because because you mentioned, what new heads do you see outside MJF? Do you see? give great promos. Like, if you were teaching the class on promo and you base it off of this generation, who would you point to? Uh, 
Um, Danhausen until he got to AEW really had an interesting, you know, like I think Danhausen since he came to AEW got really watered down and it like kind of the joke, the joke that was, that was that not, not that Danhausen is a joke, but I find, I don't know if it's, he's trying to measure out, make sure, kind of make sure that leg is in full speed but his in-ring stuff since coming to uh, AEW, to me, it's like, well, that's not the Dan Housen I was watching a, like a year ago. And also, they're not at least on TV, which is the main... Here's the thing. The main shows, the two main shows, that's where shit needs to be presented. I don't care what they're doing anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Even Even your audience that is like, but actual wrestling fan base sometimes does not have the time in the day to go to these other places. And Dan Housen has a great promo. And all I see him doing is just stupid, you know, the stupid little, you know, uh, yeah. vampire curse pose. He looks like he lost a lot of weight. He was never yeah, huge, sure. but it's like, dude, you're like, you're making, you know, Orange Cassidy look like <laughs> Paul Hogan. Uh, oh, the acclaimed. Like, part of the reason why they won me over. It's not because of their winning streak, but because they got the, the that promo and they know how to you know, do the rap. Um, Bailey Bailey had you know, especially when she became a heel, really you know turned turned up the uh, the volume on the uh, on the promo. But I got to be honest, right now, and I know mm. I'm forgetting somebody, and I'm well aware that I'm probably forgetting somebody. Oh shit! Sure. After you in, go ahead. But I'm not really. Uh, because again, the promo has lost a lot of importance. Because now it's all about like, look at the moves I could do, and look how I, I don't sell. And oh, Britt Baker has gotten way better in her promos. But the promo, the promo is really again like psychology. The promo is taking a backseat to look at my cool hipster gimmick and look how many moves I can do. And it's like. All right. Well, if you had a really good promo and had a reason for doing that move, it would actually mean a lot more. Yeah. Now, to me, Jay White, I say he's one of the, one of the good ones because I like. Yeah, I love yeah, his Jay White. Yeah. Um, Eric Young, I'm sorry, his promos as well as Sammy Callahan. I don't give a fuck what nobody says. Sammy Callahan promos is on fucking point. Just because the way the way that he 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 says them, the way he does them, and his character. Where oh um Cameron Grimes actually uh yeah yeah Cameron yeah and and shots out to North Carolina Independence yes he yes, never he was, spoke, as far as I know he never spoke when he before he went to the WWE yeah I mean he did during CWF Mid Atlantic when he wrestled independent in North Carolina um he had some serious promos. Very good promos. See, I I knew he, he was known as Trevor Lee. And he was literally the best independent wrestler in North Carolina. Like, trust me, he was on a lot of people's radar. And um, he's the point that Jeff Jarrett, of course, brought him in when he did Global you know, global Wrestling Force, that shit. And um, he was, at one point, the exhibition champion. But no, nah, Cameron, I knew he what he was going to do. Uh, Carmelo Hayes, I... I like his promos. I like Carmelo Hayes because because his he, the, the ego that he comes with it. Um, who else I've been listening to? Of course, I've been raving about my man Spike Trevay, his promos. 
the guy over there in progress. Um, and I have to say this, ICW, they, everybody's on point with their promos. It's like even down to the women, you know, um, Cass Evan, their champion and everything. It's kind of like the overseas, they get it with the promos more so than over here. Because it's kind of like with WWE, they want you to be the character, not necessarily yourself. With AEW, they allow you to be yourself, but it, the kooky stuff is, is is how can I put this? There are not a lot of guys that know how to do a promo on both sides of the fence. Like Ricky Starks, great promo. Great yes, talk. Exactly, yes. I mean, it's straight up or hands down. But that what I mean. It used to be a time when I think of the Attitude Era. A lot of the motherfuckers, even the Nash, had good promos. You know what I'm saying? It, it, when you think about it, I can't name five dudes in WWE right now that can give me a fire promo. No, um, The Miz, if he's allowed to, like, The Miz. To really has, talk, yeah. You know, and, and the thing is, too, that I think the part, another reason why the, the, the art of the promo is kind of slowly going the way of the dinosaur is, one, people are more interested, like, look at all the stuff I could do, or look at my gear, and it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. The other thing is now, and I don't know how scripted they are in AEW, but like WWE is the is the if if, they, if this was a criminal offense, they'd be in the chair where they write. And and again, look, I could cut a wrestling promo. Obviously, you know, once once kind of the the, the fuse is lit, I can you know go off on a tangent and I can improvise. But you like the. the Again, it's it's a uniquely wrestling is See, a unique thing. You can't. I think write. this would happen. I think what happened when wrestling became national, the promo somewhat died. No, it's when but, WWE went public and they really yeah. started to. I mean, it but it would die before then because I mean, because when I look at it, right, even though you had the Rock, you had Stone Cold, or what have you, you feel what I'm coming from? You had the Undertaker, you had all these guys. It was kind of becoming less about the promo and more about the antics. You feel what I'm coming from? Yeah, I, and two, also when you took away with part of the promo was also to get people to come out and see you. But when it became more about TV and less about Roman, you want do you want to see Roman coming to Raleigh? You know, Rick used to sit there and do five promos for five different cities. You feel what I'm coming from? Yeah. So it's kind of like not only was the promo important, they practiced the promo a lot. They because people that don't realize how much talking Rick, Dusty Rhodes, and R. Anson and them had to do when they recorded promos. Because people go back and really listen when Jim Cornette talk about it, they had to go for TV. That means they had to do three promo. They may have three or four shows supposed to be happening, so they had to do a, a promo separate for each one. <laughs> To promote that city, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So also, in turn, go ahead. No, no, but I mean, like, if we were gonna, if we were gonna do a promo thing, like, if we were gonna do a live podcast together, and we were doing promos, you know, and and talk, like almost like it's gonna be a grudge match or something. Then there's the way Kavanaugh would do something, is the way Kavanaugh would speak, and then there's mm-hmm. the way I would do it, and the way I would speak, and. Honestly, again, the WWE, however it came about, WWE just 
could not wait to drive in the nails because you have writers yeah. and sub sub par writers that aren't even trying. But basically, what they would do would be like, okay, you're going like you said, you're going to Nashville, Tennessee on Monday, then you're going to you know Evansville on Tuesday, and then you're going here on Wednesday. Uh, you know, you're going to do it three times. Also, you're, you're, these are the matches you're having. These are the big bullet points I need you to hit up. Like, you know, it's kids get in free or it's uh, or it's like, you know, make sure you mention the, the stadium and the arena. Da, 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 da. And they go, here are the bullet points. It just fill around it. And that's what the guys were able to go out and do. And it was them. And some guys are better than others, but when you guys you got bad writing and you have people going out there reciting bad writing in one take in front of a live crowd, and that's you know again that's why I think Danielson and and Punk uh, have really and also even MJF like that's why I think they excel in their promo because especially with Punk and Danielson, they made I'm sure they probably put in their contract that like. Give me bullet points, but I'm going out there and I'm just going to say what I say. And it's natural and it works for that. Because Punk couldn't do the Daniel Bryan heel promo. I don't care how good he is. That is a very mm-hmm. unique way of, I mean, even in WWE, that whole, you know, earth, you know, uh, fucking uh, what, Whole Foods, like Mother Earth thing with the hemp belt and everything. I mean, that was just, and he knew. That was a unique thing. And even if somebody had that idea, you have to hand the idea off to Brian and go, okay, this is the idea. Now, since you know all this shit, make it work. Uh, John Cena. John Cena, as much as I yes. a lot of his shit, I like him as an actor and I like him as a person, as a wrestler, uh, you know, but he he had a, a way of doing things. It was John Cena and John Cena talked like John Cena. You got to let wrestlers be wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Now here's the thing. I'm a, I, I'm not I'm not politically correct, but I'm very forward thinking and open minding. Now, but when I get the ball rolling and I'm angry, I am going to use terms like retard and mongoloid, and 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 you know I'm going to go, but I'm not going to go past that point. I'm not going to go into like racial slurs. I'm not going to go into whatever. Uh, you know, again, now in the, you catch me in a regular conversation even when i'm mildly aggravated i'm not gonna i i again i i back off the word retarded mainly because i i'm tired of seeing people's fox outrage but yes. when the ball is rolling and I'm, especially if i'm playing a heel retarded you're all retarded half retard you know half retard just means you're short i don't give a fuck fuck you it's not my fault that you're dumb and short what i gotta be blamed i work hard with your mother don't get mad at me you know, I took the responsibility. I'm not the reason why you dig ditches for a living there, Joe Sixpack. You know, if you're not going to do – I'm setting an example. I'm going out there every day, living the dream, making money, making people like you come and pay to see me so you could take a glimmer at somebody who achieves things. And I have to stop and watch my words for you. What have you done to make me want to do that? Nothing. But what have, what have I done? As much as you hate my ass, you're going to pay that $15. You're going to sit ringside and you're going to boo me. And I'm going to laugh because I, I deserve to be in that spotlight because I'm a star. And maybe, just maybe, if you spend a little less time digging ditches, a little less time being half a 
half a retard. You get up and fucking be somebody one day, but you ain't. So just sit in your chair and watch a star work. That's And that's a promo. Not a perfect promo, but that's something I came off the top of my head. And if I was pushing a town, I would have been like, you come to the Evansville Arena and you, you know, this Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, you come to this Evansville Arena and you buy that ticket and you come and see me as I, because as, you, know you know why you're buying it? Because as much as you hate me, you you wishing, you're begging, you, you're hoping that I get my ass whipped. And there comes the pleasure. Not only do I get your money, but as I leave to go to my my fancy car to drive to my beautiful wife in my big house and spend the night with her. As I leave, I get to look at your sad, broken hearted face because not only do I have your money, but I stole your dream. I stole your hope. And what's better than that than stealing a fool's hope? Because you were dumb enough to have it. And that's it. You know, it's like you don't. I mean, again, in the good promo, you probably wouldn't, you don't call them like, you know, you don't go too heavy on, on the, uh, you maybe say redneck or something or like, you know, that's the other rule of promo. Yeah. You don't, you don't sit there and call your opponent old. You don't call them fat. You don't, you know, uh, whatever, because then if you lose, you lost to a fat old guy. Uh, yeah. You know, there's basic common sense things, but you know, that's the thing. You would get the ire of the people. You know, and you hit the like you're going to come to this arena at this time, and so on and so forth. And again, not a perfect promo, but if I was going to do that promo to get somebody to come and see me, I would tweak it a little bit. But like that yeah. whole that whole line about, and you're going to pay the money to watch me, and when you don't, and not only do I have your money, but I have your hope. You know, that's gonna, you know, because you're dumb enough to believe that that your man could beat me. That's so that's what. You know. <laughs> Tully Blanchard was an amazing heel. Not a great promo, but he didn't need to be because he could say three well, I words. Think he in the heel was the promo because even when I think about it, he didn't have to really be fiery because the way he was, he was a smug asshole heel. Because even when I remember I first used to see him when he was talking about how women was giving him money. You know, period. And even when he when he was going at Ric Flair, you know, calling Ric Flair because Ric Flair wouldn't defend the belt. That when he was teamed up with Wahoo, and um, to me, he had promos. His promos worked because his promos was him. You get what I'm coming from? Yeah. He he didn't have to be over character. He, you know, it's kind of like something with Jim Garnett was saying about Hogan. They knew we knew Hogan was a character. We knew Rick was Rick. So when Rick did his promos, we knew that was him. You know, same thing with Tully. It's kind of like Tully was to. That's why I said to me, WCW NWA had the better promo guys because you believe their promos. Well, I mean, also anything else with Tully, and also it's also the thing of like Dusty could go out there and make up words and and ramble on. Hulk Hogan could go out there and say brother every other word and and just start going because people make fun of the Ultimate Warrior, but Hogan would go off on these stupid like just talking about I'm gonna pull down a skyscraper and then you know fertilize a woman by like snapping my finger and I'm gonna do this and and it just it worked for him where Tully again it was the probably one of the best I've had to make top five heels because he people paid 
to watch him get beat up. And he had that arrogance. He had the psychology, his demeanor, and, he, and it wouldn't make sense had he had a fiery promo. He just needed to go out there and talk about, he basically say like two sentences and stand next to that Bigfoot that he called the 10. And, you know, people, uh, you know, people, people would just throw, throw money. He couldn't buy tickets quick enough in the hopes that he'd get his ass whipped. And more often than not, he would get his ass whipped and then be on TV the next day talking about the sun that was in my eyes. You know, it's eight o'clock in Charlotte indoors. The sun was in my eyes. And then Dusty, you know, uh, pulled my tights and yada, yada, yada. And and then just like that never happened. And, you know, the thing with the promo is we remember the epic ones like I spent money on spur, uh, sp- uh, spilled liquor than you made last year or, you know, the hard <laughs> times, uh, you know, like we remember those big fiery promos, but, you know, sometimes if, if you, if you know, if you're allowed to be the wrestler that you are, like I said, Tully could never be a baby face. I think even, yeah. I, think, I think even less than, than Oli, but you like, you can be, you could, you know, if you're allowed to be yourself and have the whole package of the way you wrestle psychology wise and the way you carry yourself in the presentation, you can go out there and just go, well, I got the perfect 10. I got the TV title. All you little peons or whatever. And just, and he had a, a lot of times he had like a ring on. And if you watch Tully and his, he would have this like guys in the eighties and it does happen. If I like to, I like the pinky ring. I'm, I'm in my forties. I'm not going to lie. I like a pinky ring when I get dressed up. Mm. And if you have a pinky ring, on your hand takes a certain movement and he had a it just instinctively will happen especially if you're talking and trying to you like your hand will take on a certain movement and tully would hold the belt perfectly in one hand and we have that pinky ring or that you know and he would just and it just the hand motion and just the the way he was talking to you like like that condescending shitty boss at our first like fast food job as a kid who would talk to you about the fry later and he would just say something and then he would be done. And then Arn Anderson would come in, who also was a great promo. And then yeah. Rick would come in. But Tully just knew, just with the whole package, he would say two sentences, maybe maybe three. And everybody, you know, Helen Keller would find the voice to tell him to fuck off if he did a promo in front of Helen Keller. <laughs> well, she is so many people, man. Hmm. But... I'm sorry, New Jack. You, uh, New Jack is something. Yeah. I mean, he said one of the most immortal lines in wrestling history where he said, good job, OJ. Two less we got to worry about. God, that was classic. That was fucking classic. <laughs> so, people, we have came to the end of another wonderful Pro Wrestling Smoke episode. Um, oh, we gave you some insights to the art of promo and why it's important to this game. And 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 why the artists somewhat missing? Because like I said, I mean, when I think about all the guys that I grew up with, we came to wrestling from the Dusty Rose, Ricky Morton, even the Austin Idol, uh, Adrian Street. These guys knew how to talk people into the building, and they knew how to talk, and they knew how to give a great promo. That's why it's mighty fucking funny that. Every wrestling school always showed Dusty Rhodes. Why? Because Dusty Rhodes, his promos was always on point. It, in the words of MJF, it made you feel. That's the purpose of a promo oh, to make you feel. 
I apologize. Uh, superstar Billy Graham. Yeah. And he and basically that's where Hogan got his promo. You know. Uh, yeah. You know, I remember one famous one. Like I said, I'll post a bunch of promos. But he's like, I swim five hey, Jimmy Valley. Jimmy Valiant, the Boogie Woogie Man. Oh, but yeah, Boogie Woogie Man, hands of Jimmy Valiant. Like, you know, he just, you know, woo, mercy, and, you know, and, and everything else. Even when you insulted the guy, he had a comeback, you know, in the promo. And, yeah. You know, and uh, that was the thing. Like, halfway through his, I think by the 80s, he kind of found his sweet spot in the Carolinas that he let his body go. And, you know, he no, had I, to- I, that, actually, when I'm thinking about it, my favorite promo of all time, and this is just facts, is the Macho Man. Not when the Macho Man was in WWE. No, 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 no. When he was in ICW. And I think oh, it was yeah, after yeah. the match between him and Ron and Garvin. He was like, I had, to, I had to sit in front and look at a candle for an hour to get my mind right. Freak out! Oh, um, again. to <laughs> me? I remember uh, two things. That big two-year feud with uh, Paul Jones and Jimmy Valiant, uh, yeah. two things was when when Pistol Wadley turned on uh, – I remember watching that, too, and being, and being a little kid, being horrified. But, they, but you know, Jimmy Valiant came out, and he goes, Mercy, Daddy, doing the – woo! Yeah. You know, and then he came out. And, again, this is the genius of knowing when to do something – he came out and he did this promo and he's like, man, I thought we were friends. You know, like, you know, I was, always, was like, if something's wrong, you could talk to me. And, you know, if, if you need the shirt off my back, I'll give it to you, man. I just, I don't know what's going through your mind right now, but it's going to be. And he just kind of gave this heartfelt, it literally, the, the, everything was, it was the, it was the anti Boogie Woogie Man promo because he was expressing emotion of like my friend just attacked me in a brutal, violent way, and it broke my heart. And I don't know why. And on the other side, that was genius. But on the other end, Chaska Wadley really had to go back and watch that. I think it was in 86, 87 when Chaska Wadley happened. And Pistol Wadley doesn't get a lot of credit because he was in ICW, but he was a good wrestler. But when he was allowed to be a heel and become Chaska Wadley, the stuff he did, I was actually just talking about it to somebody the other day when he got his hair cut and he would literally milk like five to ten minutes of just trying to take his hat off at a match, you know, and and how he would do it to this day. It still burns into my memory. And but he would do this thing like you cracker, you honky and you either being the angry builds and black guy. Let me tell you yeah. something. And you let me do whatever. And you 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 white devil cracker. Honky motherfucker. And then he would turn to Paul Jones and go, tell him, boss. <laughs> Damn sure did. And he was like so quick. Let me tell you another thing. I'm going to tell you another thing. And I'll tell you, I'll kick his crack ass and all you rednecks and your white ass. And I, a proud black man, I ain't putting up with this no more. Tell him, boss. And it was like so quick. And it was so brilliant. And there's, and you get it so rarely. And again, not shitting on the young talent, but it it just is frustrating because it's all the things we talk about, the psychology, the promo, the the presentation, it all could be done today, and I would dare mm. to say be done better because the creativity is greater, but they're just stuck in this thing of like, I'm going to get my shit in, I'm going to do all these high spots, 
look at all the moves I could do. It's like, that's great. And I'll see you in eight months for the, for the three months you're back. When you get until you get injured again, and then you're out. Yeah. So there you go, people. So we're done with this episode. Another great episode of um, Pro Wrestling Smoke. And don't forget, every Wednesday we uh, drop Pilgrim on Wrestling. You know, pretty like so this episode will be free to listen to. But after this one, you will have to subscribe to the Premium Smoke Room for $4.99 a month to catch this. And we eventually will do video so y'all can see our pretty faces. That's my fault, people. I still, last night, because again, I I got a lot of big shit going on uh, coming. Exotica is less than two weeks away. I'm making my big studio debut with Blush Erotica. And, you know, I'm trying to get, this is, this is part of the reason why my shit isn't up on a massive amount of platforms because I have to do everything myself and, um, and it'll make it easy and I get angry and frustrated and I was in too foul of a mood and, and my hair's all fucked up. And, uh, so I was like, yeah, we could do it next week. Plus while we're doing the show, I'm usually multitasking. So now I have to prepare myself that I can't do three things while I'm, while I'm doing the show. I have to basically stand here so you can all stare at my fucking, Fat Irish face, you know, because um, Kavanaugh seems to under the delusion that you want to. Uh, but like next week, we'll be doing it. Yeah, pretty much. So, with that being said, people, you know how we end this all day, every day. Life is a learning experience. What's the point of the experience? You didn't learn anything. Smoke this over. Sign out, Billy. Quiz. I ain't taking a motherfucking quiz. Fuck you. Here's a here's a here's a quiz. Who ain't doing shit? Black Wall Street is now online, baby. That's right. Visit the GW District. Shop the very best in men's and women's apparel and accessories, home decor, office supplies, books, pantry items, and so much more. The GW District is a retail marketplace of black-owned products and media. We're both veteran and black-owned, and we're bringing you the best online shopping experience with products made by small businesses. Come and experience the GW District difference today at shopgwdistrict.com. That's shopgwdistrict.com. The GW District, a retail marketplace of black-owned products and media. That's right. That's right.